You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Jared Spiewak, and he is founder and lead strategist at Spiewak Marketing. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the work that he does, helping companies really figure out marketing strategy, what the right ROI is, really how to make marketing effective. I work with so many companies on strategy, and they go to do their marketing, and they just don't really have a good system for making sure that their marketing is being effective, You know, capturing data, getting good feedback, looking at where to really kind of optimize and adjust. So I'm always interested in talking with people that really deal with the marketing side of things. The other thing I would say is given this world, so many things are changing right now in terms of how people are generating business, uh, how people are actually selling and generating audience, generating demand for their products and services, that this is uh, you know a key one. You know, A lot of people are moving to online for all sorts of reasons and all sorts of ways. So I think this is going to be more and more of an issue. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more, have a little more insight, uh, hopefully find some takeaways for guests to really think about marketing from a strategic point of view. So with that, Jared, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's do background first. I always love to kind of hear stories of how people got into the businesses they're running and, and to the work that they're doing. How did you get into marketing? What was the backstory? Give us a little bit of it. Sure. Let me let me let me kind of go through a long story and try to make it as short as possible. <laughs> go ahead. So this goes back to when I was 14. I was in high school and I was going to be graduating early. I finished high school when I was 15 and I needed to figure out a way to pay for college because yeah. anything my loans didn't cover, I had to figure out how to pay for it myself. Mm-hmm. So I made the brass decision to Google how to make money online, which is full of legitimate opportunities that went absolutely nowhere. (laughs) But what it did bring me to was writing online. And this got me into finding out that SEO or search engine optimization was a thing. And that's mainly what my background has been in marketing. I've done various other things, which I'll mention here in a second. But basically, this was kind of my intro to the world of online marketing. I knew I wanted to go to school for business. I knew I wanted to be in business, but I didn't know where to really start communications, business management, marketing. And this kind of got me into marketing. Started writing online, making very little money, but it did bring me into the world of, you know, what do some of these terms mean? What does this mean? What is this? You know, what's kind of important? And then I basically forgot about it for a while. I was in college. I was lucky enough to get a corporate marketing job when I was 17 at the time. Mm -hmm. They had to clear it with higher ups of the company to see if they could even legally hire me before I was 18. (laughs) Um, That that was a bit fun. Technically a minor at that point, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. They managed to clear it and I worked there for a while. I graduated college a 
month after I turned 18 and I hated the company that I worked for at the time. I was really, really unhappy. I thought honestly that I'd be climbing the corporate ladder, that that, that would be what I was going to do. Yeah. But it just turned into a bunch of various issues with a bunch of false promises made and just various other things that people run into fairly frequently in those sorts of positions. So I started looking back into what I used to know about the, that SEO thing. What, what was that again? And so I went online, found out more about it. I signed up for online freelancing websites and I started offering my services for $5 an hour so that I could learn yeah. basically had to do this sort of stuff. And eventually, only after a couple months, that led me to actually getting a full-time job offer from an, a marketing agency who was willing to pay me double what I was making in my corporate job, who was able to basically give me a lot of freedom and allow me to do something I was actually interested in, as well as allow me to work from home. So next day, I said, okay, great, this is my two-week notice and I'm going to be gone from here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so I, I did that for about two years while I was doing that. I was learning various other forms of marketing on my own. I was still freelancing on the side. And over the course of about two years, I went from full-time to part-time to eventually to no time. And I had a good amount of clients. I had a good amount of money coming in. And I was looking around and I was like, okay, well, what's next for me now that I'm officially completely on my own? And Mm -hmm. the next logical step was, okay, let's try give my own marketing agency a go. And that was founded uh, two years ago is when we officially incorporated that. And what we do is we help service-based businesses essentially make more money through the use of SEO and Google Ads PPC. And aside from that, as being someone who is very business focused, I also have a CMO, a remote CMO consulting business where companies will hire myself and my business partner to basically go in and it's less of an implementation role and more so working with their marketing teams to basically unscrew up their marketing and kind of figure (laughs) out how to both save them money and make them more money. And just as kind of a born and bred entrepreneur, if you will, I also have an investment company. I love just kind of like building things just mm-hmm. because I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You kind of need to keep that muscle exercised in lots of different ways. So I get that. Exactly. So why don't we start with just kind of defining or clarifying in general, or at least for you, what you mean by marketing? Because I think a lot of people get confused about what marketing is, what does it entail, what does it not entail, what the goal of marketing is. How do you define this or how do you suggest people think about when we talk about marketing, what are we referring to? Marketing, to me, if I were to broadly describe it, it's how you invest your time and money in order to get money back into the business. And that's a very broad explanation. The reason being is that anything can really be considered marketing, just like anything can really be considered branding. You know, how your employees handle themselves when they're out at a bar represents your company still to a certain degree. Yes, we're getting a little bit more abstract there, but that does matter. I mean, if you're if some one of your employees is wearing a branded t-shirt getting in a bar fight, it's probably not a good image. So same thing with marketing. If you are, if you're just, you know, if you're, let's say, out in a bar and one of your employees just has to chat up someone who could be a good fit for your company to work with and they mention, oh yeah, you know, I work with here, they're a great company. You know, that is marketing. That time is being spent and can help you make money. Word of mouth, being Mm -hmm. able to put your business in front of people in any way which inform and anything and everything you do can be considered marketing. That tweet that you just posted about how you uh, really hate that Tom Brady moved to the Bucks. Well, guess what? (laughs) Other people who are in your market that are really big fans of maybe they really hate the Patriots or maybe they're really love the Patriots to go, yeah. hey, you know, we're going to connect about that. Me, you know, I like that person's tweet. And so it's really, it's so, so broad, more so than most people realize. But at the end of the day, it's anything and everything that you do that either costs you time or money that then results in you making 
more money either on the front end or on the back end over time. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I like that kind of return mindedness on it. Like it's, it's something you put money into expecting money coming out of in one way, shape or form. Because I think a lot of people kind of don't do that. I mean, they just kind of think, well, I've got to spend something on marketing, but I don't really know how to measure it or its effectiveness or what the return is or how to optimize it. So I like that kind of frame that you put on it. Yeah, especially be an issue as businesses scale when they just have set marketing budgets that they're just yeah. told, hey, you need to spend 50 grand a month. Which may be far too much or it may be far too little, depending on how effective your marketing is and what you're using it for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in terms of marketing strategies, and you mentioned the work that you do now is you know focused on search engine and pay-per-click and those kind of online strategies. What are some other things that would sort of generally fall into the category of marketing? I mean, you mentioned everything from the tweets that you're you're doing to the people you meet at coffee shops. I mean, all, all of that is could be considered marketing, but what are some of the general strategies that, particularly for service-based companies, that you've seen companies use, various levels of effectiveness, but the things that are considered when you start to look at what are my options for marketing? Yeah. So what most people will be spending their money on nowadays in most businesses are a large portion of advertising marketing spend has been moved online. A lot less is being spent on broadcast, TV, radio, etc., billboards. And with online, a lot of the times, especially right now, you're talking more so things like SEO, which is essentially gaining more visibility on search engines like Google, Bing, Yahoo, mostly just Google. They have a 93% market share. Google ads pay per click as well, or their other advertising platforms. And so this is in the form of having your ads show up on search engines, having your ads show up on YouTube, which are video ads, which is also run through uh, Google owns YouTube for anyone that doesn't know. So mm -hmm. your uh, YouTube video ads are run through Google ads. And you can also run things like shopping ads, which is through uh, for e-commerce products. You can run display ads, which is where essentially your content appears on other people's websites or apps. And they also now have the discovery ads, which uh, for anyone that uses Google discover, you know, if you have like a pixel phone, you just scroll, keep scrolling to the left on your home screen, you'll get that feed of articles of just random articles. It's basically a competitor of Facebook in that regard. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of Google's network, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook owns Instagram for anyone that doesn't know. So if you're running ads on Instagram, you're running ads on Facebook in terms of their platform. You can separate it, but Facebook ads, very, very common nowadays. You can run that in a ton of different ways from text to images to videos, etc. Those are kind of the main channels that people are running, but also what you're doing with your website. The content that you put on your website is marketing in terms of quality content. A big mistake people make is they cheap out on content writers and they just try to hire the cheapest writers and then who wants to hire a company or work with a company that can barely put together a logical English uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. paragraph. Yeah. So the content you have on your website, the, the design, the UX, the UI of your website, how it looks, how it makes people navigate, is it easy to find what someone's looking for? All of these things are very common for people to invest in and not all of them are invested in with the mindset of marketing, mainly around the website when people don't, or businesses rather, don't really pay too much attention to often what their website says, how it displays them as a company, how it looks, if it has everything that the user is looking for, especially around the offer. Let's say you are a, um, a family lawyer. Every family lawyer that you'll look at all has the same exact offer. You go to their website, they're offering the same exact thing, a free consultation, call now, mm -hmm. you know, open a case today, whatever it may be. So that is another thing where your conversion rate or the percentage of people who visit your website that they become a leader inquiry can improve through CRO or conversion rate optimization. And that's, again, a very broad term, which one of the things you can do is like change what you're actually offering on your website. Again, that is both partly marketing, partly on the business as well, because you have to have something different 
to offer, but that is a very overlooked and commonly overlooked thing where there's a lot of money to be made for businesses that actually do look at things beyond just how do we get traffic. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting. It's in terms of how much do you suggest, you know, business owners, executives, you know, running service companies really should try to figure out all the details on this stuff. And I guess how much do you need to know to effectively kind of develop a strategy for your marketing? Very little nowadays. Like the days of really needing a business plan, really needing a formal document laid out for a marketing strategy, very few businesses actually do that. What you really need is just somebody who understands what they're doing and who is setting up tracking so that you can actually know what kind of ROI you're getting from your activities, or if you're doing something that's a little bit more abstract, if you're doing more branding work, the KPIs are going to be different than actual money in versus money out. But it's less so about creating a, a strategy necessarily, as much as it's just making sure you're spending your money effectively. Honestly, I work with a lot of companies who do have very complicated marketing strategies, and that's great. But all those strategies focus on you know what channels are we going to do, how much money we're going to spend on these channels, and not necessarily, okay, how effectively are these channels working, what channels work together, everything like that trying to come up with a an easy way to frame it without kind of going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> but for most companies that do not have in-house marketing teams, mm-hmm. It is mainly hiring a professional that you can trust and then making sure that their work is being tracked and hiring them at something that they can do. A big mistake people make is hiring a general marketing company that offers eight poorly developed services rather than one really good service. So I'm not really worried about the overall high level marketing strategy for most businesses because Mm -hmm. most businesses don't really need that. You know, you're you're probably not Walt Disney where every single. Yeah. So billion dollar company that has multi-channel, omni-channel strategies and, yeah. and all this yeah yeah so many people will disagree with me i totally get that but honestly i'm not too worried about it with my businesses myself i don't sit down and write out full-blown marketing strategies i do write create strategies for the individual channels that i'm working on and as yeah. they start to work together there'll be something there but i'm not worried about taking a week a month to plan out every single dollar that i'm spending and where that's going to go what channel i'm very bullish on if i'm spending a dollar and i'm making two dollars well i'm giving that every penny that i have yeah that yeah, is once, my strategy. Return. Yeah. What changes the strategy for you? Like as you work with a business, what are the questions that you ask? What are the things you need to know about the nature of the business, the nature of the clients, you know, the market that they're in that would help you kind of craft the, the nuances of the different strategies that you would suggest to them? Yeah. So when talking very high level, the first thing is talking about the different channels that can or cannot work for them. Within mm-hmm. the agency that I have, we only, we exclusively as of right now work on Google ads, PPC and SEO. Anything else we'll like refer out to other people that we know is great stuff. And we're happy to consult with mm-hmm. our clients about those other channels, but we're looking at, okay, great. Are these two channels or one of these channels going to be effective for you? Mm-hmm. And how effective is it going to be? And that's looking at two things. One, can they afford to play that game? It's going to cost money. And two, do they have the proper marketing acumen to go down that channel? And what I mean is this. Something like SEO is very... It's very expensive. It's a high risk, high return strategy. It's something that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. It is something that is not guaranteed. It is something that you know Google can change their algorithms tomorrow and everything that you've done, uh, you know, maybe you were really bullish on a specific strategy for the past 12 months and now that strategy is very ineffective and yep. your website takes a big hit. This happens not very frequently where you, everything's always going up and down, but it's not uncommon that strategies come and go, things come and go. You need to have a certain acumen to be willing to 
take a certain amount of money, a non-insignificant amount of money, put that into a marketing strategy, knowing that you're probably not going to see a single dollar from that, depending on how various factors for maybe Mm -hmm. several months or for more competitive areas, it might be six to eight months. And once you do see money in it, then it's a matter of, okay, how long until we actually make back the money we've invested total? So that's more long term. Yeah, the full full ROI could take a while. Exactly. Compared to something with like Google ads where for some businesses it can be profitable from day one. Like sometimes we'll set up an ad and okay, great. It's been on for two hours and we've already gotten our first lead. So it's a very different kind of game. And so that's one thing that's very important to me is making sure that they understand that and mm-hmm. that they're going to have the proper acumen because I'm not in the game of, okay, great. Let me take your money for three, four months and then have you cancel because you didn't see a yeah. return then. Does that sometimes happen? Yes, of course, because I can't control everybody's businesses and their decision making but i try my best to make sure okay how qualified are you for this channel not just as a client of ours that you know can you afford to pay us but are you going to be someone who is going to be able to be around to and stick in to actually see that return yeah so that's one thing that's really big for me especially when it comes to seo and next is just do they understand how the channel works when it comes to something like google ads a lot of people go okay great because seo takes so long advertising you you can set it up and you know it can work instantly i guess that means that it works for everyone instantly and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it does take a while to be able to play around with things run tests and get them up and going so making sure that they understand that as well i put a lot of time and effort into educating clients and prospective clients as much as possible through doing things like podcasts like this talking about these conversations and just the other materials that we've created because that's the number one thing like budget obviously you know do they have do they meet X, Y, and Z expectations in terms of the type of company and the size of company? Yeah, that's stuff that everyone you know should be doing by default. But it's so important to me to make sure that the actual marketing acumen is there, especially if they do not have an in-house marketing team where they're not, you know, they don't have someone full-time thinking about marketing where they're just like, oh yeah, here's this other thing that we should do. This marketing channel seems pretty sexy. So let me get someone on the phone and I'll just pay them whatever. That can really end in a dangerous situation for that business. Yeah, that makes sense. And what else do you need to put in place to really make this effective? Because I think for for a product company, if you're a, a retailer, an online retailer, it's a pretty clear, look, if I have SEO and I get clicks or I've got pay-per-click and the people are clicking on things, going going to a page, they're going to buy it or not going to buy it. I can like literally count the money that's being generated through this marketing. For service companies, it's more complicated, right? Like I'm going to generate some kind of, you know, marketing qualified lead that I then have to actually engage with in some way. You know, if it's a complicated sale, I may have proposals, I may have diagnostic, you know, conversations, things like that. Or I, you know, I have to set things up. How do you track or how do you really look at kind of end to end value when it comes to marketing and make sure that we're actually generating real revenue and real profit on this activity when there's more to it than just the click. Right. So it's imperatively important that you are tracking from click to profit. And I'll go over kind of each step that you need to go through. But at the very beginning, you know, when it comes to lead generation, the company that you're working with, the agency that you're working with, if you're working with an agency, not doing it in-house, you're working with a freelancer, everything should be tracked up to the point of you getting a lead. Everything after the point of you getting a lead is something that you 100% need to be doing in-house because you're not going to give some like random company access to your database of customers, most likely. But honestly, you should have everything in-house where all the tracking is on you and you give access to the people that you're working with, whether that's an in-house team, an outsource team, whatever it may be, so that you have your historical data. So I'll preface that with this is that if you're, let's say, doing call tracking, we are tracking how many phone calls you're getting. Ideally, that is your account that you're giving access to someone, not someone that's giving you access to a sub account, because what happens when you stop working with the other, you lose all that historical data, which is very, very important for you 
moving forward and with other people you work with. So with that said, tracking clicks to profits. The first thing is clicks are pretty much tracked by anything you do online. If you're running ads on Facebook, right within their native platform, you can see how many clicks you got. If you're using Google Analytics, you can see that. If you're using Google Ads, you can see how many clicks you got. So the first thing that's pretty much imperatively tracked regardless of what you're using is how many clicks you're getting. Well, next what happens is people land on your website. And when they're on your website, what you need to track is how many people went from clicks to then converting into a lead or an inquiry. And you do that through conversion tracking in various ways. So if, if it's a form fill, you can do that through something like Google Tag Manager, Google Ads uh, conversion tracking code, Facebook's tracking code. Uh, you can do that through Google Analytics as well. If you're doing it through Tag Manager, you would fire it into Analytics anyways, if you know how to use that tool. And that's pretty straightforward to track through either an event button or a thank you page. And for any, if you're like, hey, I have no idea what that means. I don't want to take up too much time on it. So it's super easy to Google. There's a million and one articles on it on how to track form conversions. The next thing you're most likely tracking are phone calls. Now, this is the thing that so many businesses, regardless of their size and the service <laughs> industry, do not do is they don't track their phone calls. And you can use something like CallRail, which is what we use, or you can use something like call tracking metrics, CallFire, as a bunch of them. And what you can do is then you can put specific phone numbers, especially if you're using what's called DNI or dynamic number insertion. Mm -hmm. You can put phone numbers on your website that anytime somebody calls you, you then have an analytical dashboard that you can see how many calls did you get? Where did that call come from? How long did it last? What percentage of our calls were actually answered versus went to voicemail versus the call was ended earlier? And now what you have, this is what you all be tracking, you know, regardless of how sophisticated you are within your marketing, this 100% should be tracked where you can then tell on the back end, how many phone calls did this marketing channel generate for us? Depending on the channel, you might be able to track it back to the campaign. Mm -hmm. So something that Google ads does allow you to do is you can, if you're using something like CallRail, I can't speak to the other call tracking platforms, but at a pretty high success rate, because not all data is perfect, they will be mm -hmm. able to track back the actual phone call to the individual keyword that they called you from. So not the campaign, not the ad group, the individual keyword. And that gives oh, you so much more data because most people for most service-based businesses, you're getting phone calls in a much higher volume than you're getting form fills. So yeah, that's exactly. yeah. super important. Yeah. So because when they hit the website, they can either yeah fill out that form or they look at the phone number that's listed on the page and they just pick up the phone rather than the form. So yeah, unless you have that, that connective tissue to the actual keyword or, or what they clicked on or what they searched for that generated the view of the clickable thing that they then clicked on to, the, to then call the number, you know, you won't have that traceback, but this really gives you that traceback capability to say, hey, look, this term is profitable for us, right? Like if putting money, putting bad money against this generates real dollars in terms of what client it is, we know how profitable they are, we should do more of that. Right. And you hit the nail right on the head there where you say well, that term is profitable because this is such a big mistake people make is they base things off of feelings. I feel as though we're getting more phone calls. I feel as though that is profitable. Yeah. That helps nobody do anything. And if you're not tracking this, what happens is you go into, let's say, your Google Ads account and you go, okay, great. We've had two campaigns. One spent $10,000 this month. The other one spent $7,000 this month. They've gotten clicks. They've gotten a click-through rate. Well, how many actual conversions do we have? How do you know that that one campaign that spent $10,000 hasn't generated zero leads or maybe only generated five? Maybe the one that spent $7,000, you're getting $20 leads and the other one, you're getting $55 
$5 leads, right? So there's so much more you can do and so many more optimizations you can make. And that's the very basics as to what people should be tracking is where you should can be tying back your leads to the individual channels so that you can actually look at how profitable these channels are in terms of leads. However, if you want to tie up from there to be able to tie in the leads to the profit, that's where we're getting more to your CRM, your customer database, your relationship management software, yeah. your law firm, your case management software, et cetera, et cetera. So from here, what you should be doing is any way you get a lead, those need to be connected. They'll either have a native connection or you'll have to bring in a developer to create you a custom API connection. Trust me, it's not as expensive as you think. Sometimes you can get a lot of this done for like 50 bucks in an hour of their time. So from here, what you should be able to do is you should be able to tie in, okay, here's a new lead that we got. It's Lisa. She called us and okay, here's her phone number. I can log into CallRail or maybe that connection already puts it in there where you can see, okay, she called us because of our Facebook ad campaign. Uh, you know, She called us because of our Google ads campaign. She called us because of, uh, she came in as a referral traffic from this other website. And so you can track within there. Now you have, you're tying in your customers to the actual leads that you're getting back into the channel. So now you can see actually how many customers you're getting. And if you want to get really nuanced with it, you can then look at your conversion rate from leads to customers by individual channels. Maybe you're getting a ton of leads from Facebook and that's great, super cheap leads. They're super happy. You know, everyone's really happy. But in reality, maybe you're getting a a very low percentage of actual customers from that. And then you can take that information and then you can go, okay, great. Now that we have this information, let's sit down and talk about, you know, what can we do to possibly solve this issue? Or maybe this just isn't, you know, is this channel still profitable? Is it just maybe a really bad channel for our type of company, whatever it may be. So what that lets you do is you can tie back individual customers or clients back to Mm -hmm. the individual channel and the individual click. Now, what you should be doing is going further is you should be putting in within that uh, CRM how much money that customer or that client has made you over their lifetime. Yeah, exactly. So you, and then yeah. you have that. And then you just, if you know that you're roughly your profit margin is about 30%, if you want to do, do it very broadly, you can go, okay, great. This is a $10,000 project. It was, you know, we are average about a 30% profit margin. So we probably profited about three grand off of this. Okay. How much did we make this month, this quarter, this year from this channel? Okay. We profited about a hundred thousand dollars estimated. We spent about $35,000. We made about just under about a three X return. And then that's where you get amazing amount of results because then you can optimize each individual step of the process where you can go, okay, great. Why are we converting 30% of our leads into Customers, what if we sent our front desk person to this high-end training camp? Yes, it's going to cost us five grand in a week of their time, where they're going to be, you know, out in LA really enjoying themselves. But if they come back and they help us develop better processes for our sales team, well, guess what happens? Your marketing spend is now more effective. Your SEO campaign just got a higher ROI from nothing you did regarding the actual SEO campaign because you're actually now selling people more effectively, and the ROI involves a lot more than just the marketing campaign. The marketing campaign is very little to do with the actual ROI of the marketing campaign. All that, all SEO does is it gets you a click. Your website is going to get them into an inquiry. Your yeah. sales team is going to get them into a customer and your fulfillment team is going to hopefully make you profitable. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I do when I'm working with strategy on folks, overall business strategy, one of the exercises I put them through is really looking at their core customer and, and I have them pull up their customer list and I, I have them score it on profitability, how pleasurable it is to serve, and and how much do those customers refer other customers, right? And so so a good company that's or a company that's done this well, if we can actually look because every most service companies that I find, different customers are profitable at different levels, whether it's 
you know, the pricing that you're giving them, whether it's, you know, the extras that you have to throw in, discounts, you know, some customers take a lot of extra time, so that cuts into the profitability. So if you actually have that data, and then you could actually use that to trace back and say, hey, where do we find our best, most profitable customers from? And when and how can we optimize that channel to filter out the customers that are not as profitable and get more of the customers that are profitable? That is great, because if you can actually trace that all the way back to the ad and how we've written the ad or, you know, the content that we're generating, you know, and actually filter out, you know, attract the right folks and repel the wrong folks, that's superpower. Exactly. And, I, and that's another thing that you just mentioned. That I don't think everybody realizes is that different channels have different profitability, not because of how effective those channels are, but because they attract different types of people yeah. and they're going to respond differently. You might find this is something that as a real life example, we had a channel that we were generating leads for about two to three dollars, which is incredibly cheap in our industry because yeah. that was just a channel that really worked really well for me. And another channel. So for example, we basically SEO'd our own website. We ranked number one in our local area here in uh, New Hampshire for for about two and a half years, and we got very low quality leads from it, something that never really turned into any sort of project because the type of people who were just Googling SEO near me or SEO company near me were a lot worse of a fit than other channels that we had that were bringing in the right type of person. So basically, we stopped caring about that in that regard, and now our SEO strategy has changed to more top-of-the-funnel content-based, where mm -hmm. most service businesses are focused on middle-of-the-funnel. What I mean by that is a lot of, if you're an accident attorney, you're trying to get people in, in an accident or searching for for an accident attorney, not people who are necessarily Googling or not at first people who are Googling, you know, how much does it cost to hire a lawyer or like, do I need to hire a lawyer after an accident or, you know, how do you get an accident report from the police once you've been in an accident, whatever it may be, where for us, you know, that that was a different strategy because if we focus on content, which is more expensive to produce and it does take a lot more time, we get much better leads. So again, that's something that is very, very important is how good are the actual people that we're getting from this actual channel. Yeah. And, and, uh, Unfortunately, it's like like many things in life. There's trade offs. <laughs> You've got to you decide. Do you want to play a long game? You know, invest and get really good long term results. Do you need more immediate results? Well, it may not be as efficient, or you know, your costs may be higher, but the, the it's more immediate in terms of returns. Yeah, always always a challenge. I think the whole idea of looking at it strategically and looking at it from a data point of view, uh, you know, regardless of the industry and regardless of the situation, is kind of the frame that I think most successful companies or most companies that have tackled marketing successfully have done. Yeah. So if people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, about, you know, we've, we've covered lots of different topics. I'm, I'm sure you've got lots of content available for people <laughs> to get more details. Where is the best place to go to, to get that information? Yeah, sure. So there's two places you can go. The first is my personal website, which is just jaredspiewak.com, J-A-R-O-D-S-P-I-E-W-A-K.com. If you go under the, the Learn tab right on the homepage, you can find articles that I've written as well as a link that brings you to but other shows and uh, guest posts I've written, other podcasts I've done, so on and so forth, if you want to know more about me there. My agency website is team, T-E-A-M, blue, dog.com. There's some content on there. Bring you to your YouTube channel. Come check out content. Hope you like it. You know, not, no, no hard offer, no hard pitch. You know, if, if you want to work together, feel free to reach out. But at the very least, I hope you enjoy the content that you see. Yeah, Jared, this has been a real pleasure. It's been extremely helpful. I know, uh, you know, this is always a challenging one for service-based businesses. Uh, and I like the way you kind of broke it down. I like the um, kind of the, the frame you gave to it and some of the ideas you put on the table. So I appreciate it. It was a good conversation. And I, um, you know, I enjoyed spending some time with you. And, and thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, of course. I hope uh, people got some value out of this. And again, thank you for having me on. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. 
To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.